بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد شاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وبيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون Today's subject, the title of which was the Ashari's Exposed Many people questioned the title, they said How can you do a lecture which says the Ashari's or the Ashari's Exposed Exposition here is in the positive sense Exposition of the true positions of the Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah who are known otherwise as Al-Ashairah, which is inclusive of many ulama throughout the centuries, and in reality represent As-Salafu Salihun, the pious predecessors. That, that is the initial claim. So today, uh, the subject, the Ash'aris exposed, is in order to demonstrate that there are many claims being made online by Imran bin Mansur and his teacher Abdurrahman Hassan which are unsubstantiated so I want to take you through the journey from the beginning step by step in order to understand the subject so um, firstly we will start with the actual dispute itself in the entire chair the actual dispute itself is regarding what is known as Sifatullah, the divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Sifat, the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those qualities by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself in Al-Quran al-Kareem and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam. There are those attributes that are referred to as As-Sifatul Khabariyah. As-Sifatul Khabariyah refers to the attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that have been mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah through Khabar that are the point of dispute. The Al-Sifatul Khabariya are those attributes like Al-Qadam, Al-Saq, Al-Rijl, Al-Yad, Al-Ayn, Istawa, all of these have been mentioned in Al-Quran Al-Kareem or the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and are referred to as As-Sifatul Khabariyah because they are transmitted to us from the Akhbar, from the reports from Al-Quran Al-Kareem and the Sunnah and there is no role of Aqq, the mind in determining these attributes the claim is that the scholars of the Ash'ari, the Ash'aris, deny these attributes and especially the latecomers, the later period, which is after Al-Baqilani, after Ibn Furaq, after Abul Hassan Al-Ash'ari, Rahimahumullah, all these great ulama, after them, the later Ash'ari were more extreme in denying these attributes. The later period refers to the scholars like Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, Abu al-Ma'ali, Abdul Malik al-Juwaini, who is known as Imam al-Haramain, the Imam of the two Harams, Makkah al-Mukarramah and al-Madinah al-Munawrah. The claim is that they deny these attributes as Sifat al-Khabariya through ta'weel, through interpretation, and the likes of Al-Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi who is known as Ibn al-Khatib who died in 606 
The claim is that Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi gave more preference to the aql, the intellect, over the nusus, over the Qur'an and the sunnah. There is also the claim that Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali went through a period of skepticism and doubted his own faith. These are the claims that are made. In order to understand this entire discussion, we must first understand what is the actual position of As-Salafus Salihun. When these reports were related to As-Salafus Salihun, the pious predecessors, who are the pious predecessors in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, we have the Hadith, Khayru al-Quruni qarni thumma al-ladheena yalunahum the best of generations is my generation, then those who come after them, and then those who come after them. Khayr al-Qurun, as-salafu salihun is that generation of those ulama. The likes of Imam Malik, rahmahullah ta'ala, Sufyan al-Thawri, Sufyan bin Uyayna, al-Awza'i, Abdullah bin al-Mubarak, all these ulama, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, they are referred to as As-Salafu Salihun Rahimahullah Ta'ala. How did they understand these reports? Now, these reports which are referred to as As-Sifatul Khabariyah, Abu Abbas Ahmed bin Taymiyyah, who is a later Damasim scholar, he refers to them as Al-Ayyan, meaning the name he gives these type of attributes is Al-Ayyan, but the Ashairah, they give the, the name as Sifat al Khabariyah. But la mashahata fi istalahat, there's no dispute regarding what you term something. It's the actual concepts that are behind those terms that matter. These attributes, when related in a hadith, if a mutashabbih, a person who gives resemblance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his creation, reads those attributes he may give resemblance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his mind to his cre to the creation and this is the first mistake that the mutashabbih the one who resembles Allah to his creation does so because of this the outward meaning and the understanding of the mutashabbih is what the salaf warned regarding that someone cannot if they misunderstand these attributes they will understand their resemblance between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his makhluq, his creation. This is why they refer to and categorize these attributes as as-sifat al-khabariyya. Additionally, some of the ulama, they refer to these attributes as al-mutashabihat. They refer to these attributes as al-mutashabihat. Which scholars? The likes of Imam Jalaluddin Abdurrahman al-Sayyuti rahimahullah ta'ala in his work Al-Itqan fi Ulum al-Qur'an. Under the discussion of Al-Mutashabihat, he mentions these Al-Akhbar, these reports, as well as what we refer to as Al-Sifat al-Khabariya. Now, why do they refer to as Al-Mutashabihat? Al-Mutashabihat means that which can be interpreted in many ways. The word itself is from shibh. Shibh is a likeness. So al-mutashabihat is an actual reference to something that can be interpreted in multiple ways. So, today, firstly, before going on to the claims made regarding Ashaira, let's understand what is the actual position of as-salafu salihun with regard to the divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, no better place to start, because today we will look at three things. One, what is the actual position of as-salafu salihun? What is the actual position? Number two, what did the salaf state regarding ilmul kalam and the mutakallimeen? Like Imam Shafi'i, Rahimallah Ta'ala. Number three, we will analyze and expose the Ashairah. How analyze and expose? Meaning, expose, give, unveil the reality. 
with regard to claims made by the Ashaira that they are Jahmiya, they follow the way of Jahm bin Safwan, these are the claims made. Jahm bin Safwan negated the divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and other claims made regarding Al-Ashairah. So firstly, no better place to start than the tafsir of whom? Of Ibn Kathir, Abu Al-Fida Ismail bin Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala, who is also a student of whom? Of Abu Al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah. So, Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala. This is in Surah Al-A'raf, under Surah Al-A'raf. He states, وَأَمَّا قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى As for the saying of Allah the Most High, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ so this is in a segment within this, the verse in Surah Al-A'raf that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made istiwa and the arsh. So who better to give us an exposition of the position of As-Salafu Salihun? He states, فَلِلنَّاسِ فِي هَذَا الْمَقَامِ مَقَالَاتٌ كَثِيرَةٌ جِدًّا People have many statements regarding this. لَيْسَ هَذَا this is not the time to go into detail regarding this. That in this maqam, means this particular station, this particular issue, we take the position of the school of As-Salafi Salih, the pious predecessors. Who are they? He gives examples. Malikin, meaning Imam Malik, Imam Dar al Hijra, Wal Awza'i, Wal Thawri, Al Thawri is Sufyan Al Thawri, Rahimallah, Wal Layth bin Sa'ad, who is buried in Egypt, a contemporary of Al Imam Malik, Rahimallah, one of the founders of one of the schools, Wal Shafi'i, Al Imam Muhammad bin Idris, Rahimallah, passed away in the year 204 in Egypt. وَأَحْمَدَ meaning Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, the Imam of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah وَإِسْحَاق bin Rahweh, who is also a faqih, a jurist quoted often in in the Jami' of Imam Al-Tirmidhi Rahimallah وَغَيْرِهِمْ and other than them مِنْ أَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ قَدِيمًا وَحَدِيثًا old and new now this is the school. What is the school? And this we agree with. Meaning, as a Sha'ira we agree with this. It is passing it off. Meaning the reports. As they have been related. Meaning you relate the hadith as it has been related. You relate the verse as it has been related. Without modality, meaning there, you don't give a modality for it. Modality is understanding how it is. We cannot comprehend it or understand it. And you give no resemblance of Allah to His creation. And you do not negate it. literally means to strip the attribute, to negate the attribute totally. وَالظَّاهِرُ الْمُتَبَادِرُ إِلَىٰ أَذْهَانِ الْمُشَبِّهِينَ مَنْفِيٌ عَنِ اللَّهِ وَالظَّاهِرُ The outward, المتبادر, that comes to the mind of whom? إِلَىٰ أَذْهَانِ الْمُشَبِّهِينَ To the minds of those who resemble Allah to His creation مَنْفِيٌ عَنِ اللَّهِ Is negated from Allah. So whatever resemblance people may make, between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his makhluq is negated. Nothing resembles him from his creation. And he quotes the verse of the Quran. There is nothing that resembles him yet he is all hearing and all seeing. Rather, the matter is, as the ulama, the a'imma, the imams have said, from amongst them, 
he called to Nu'ayn bin Hamad al-Khuzai'i, Shaykh al-Bukhari, Nu'ayn bin Hamad, the author of the book Al-Fitan, uh, one of the scholars of Hadith, the Shaykh of Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah ta'ala. What did he say? قَالَ مَنْ شَبَّهَ اللَّهَ بِخَلْقِهِ Whoever resembles Allah to his creation does kufr, disbelief. وَمَنْ جَحَدَ مَا وَصَفَ اللَّهُ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ فَقَدْ Whoever rejects whatever Allah has described himself with does kufr. So both extremes. Negating the attribute as well as making a resemblance of Allah with his creation, both of them are kufr, disbelief. And then he states, وَلَيْسَ فِيمَا وَصَفَ اللَّهُ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ وَلَا رَسُولُهُ تَشْبِيهٌ Anything which Allah has described himself with and his messenger has described Allah with, there is no tashbih, no resemblance. So the hadith that mentioned Al-Aidi, the hadith that mentioned Al-Rij, all of these Al-Akhbar, there is no tashbih in this. فَمَنْ أَثْبَتَ لِلَّهِ مَا وَرَدَتْ Whoever establishes for Allah what has been related, in explicit verses of the Quran, an authentic report, in a way that is appropriate to the magnificence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and negates from Allah deficiencies and naqais. Then he has taken the right pathway. This is the way of as-salafu salihun. If people agree to this, and they said, we end the discussion here, anything that is additional to this we won't add, the discussion would finish. If they stick to what Ibn Kathir rahimullah mentions in his tafsir, the tafsir is here if anyone wants to see the passage, they can see the passage. Now, that is a point of agreement, what he has quoted. But then we come to later scholars, uh, uh, an earlier scholar in fact to Ibn Kathir, who is Al-Imam Yahya bin Sharaf al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala. Al-Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala is earlier to Ibn Kathir. And throughout his commentary on the Sahih of Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he mentions the two mazahib, the two schools, Madhab uh, al-Salaf and Madhab al-Khalaf, the school of the early predecessors and the school of the later generations. So now you have this distinction being made. The earlier generation and the later, the Khalaf. This is where the dispute is mentioned that why did the Khalaf dispute with the Salaf? So, Al-Imam Nawawi rahimahullah states, اعلم أن لأهل العلم في أحاديث الصفات وآيات الصفات قولين Know that the people of knowledge with regard to the ahadith of the attributes and the verses of the attributes are two statements. Ahaduhuma, one of them, wahua madhabu mu'adam salaf, or kullihim, that it is the school of the majority of the salaf, or most of, or most of them, or all of them. Annahu la yatakallamu fi ma'anaha, bad yakuluna yajibu alayna an nu'mina biha. That uh, that you do not speak in the me- with regard to the meaning. You do not speak with regard to the meaning. They say it's essential. That firstly we must believe in it, meaning we do not reject it like the Jahmiyyah. But we believe it does have a meaning. لها معنى يليق that is appropriate 
Bijalalillahi ta'ala with the magnificence of Allah the Most High and His Majesty with firm belief that there is nothing that resembles Allah so notice that he is transcendent of what? Anitajassum, having what? A body. Wal intiqal, transference. Wal fi jihatin, being contained in a direction. Wal sifatil makhluqi, and all of the descriptions of creation. وَهَذَا الْقَوْلُ هُوَ مَذْهَبُ جَمَاعَةٍ مِنَ الْمُتَكَلِّمِينَ That this statement is the school of a group from the mutakallimin, the theologians. وَاخْتَارَهُ جَمَاعَةٌ مِنْ مُحَقِّقِينَ And one group of scholars, they chose this meaning the very fine scholars from amongst them. وَهُوَ أَسْلَمُ وَالْقَوْلُ الثَّانِي So, this statement he's just mentioned is the call of the Salaf. And he's saying some of the mutakallimin also took this position. Which mutakallimin? Abu Hassan al-Sharif, al-Baqilani, Ibn Furaq, all these mutakallimin, they took this position. Then he states, The second statement is the statement of the majority of the theologians that these verses and hadith are interpreted in accordance what, with what is appropriate for it in accordance with how they have been stated is meaning how they were stated وَإِنَّمَا يُسَوَّقُ تَأْوِيلُهَا The interpretation is valid لِمَنْ كَانَ مِنْ أَهْلِهِ For the person who is able بِأَنْ يَكُونَ عَارِفًا That he knows بِلِسَانِ الْعَرَبِ The language of the Arabs وَقَوَاعِدِ الْأُصُولِ The principles, the rules and regulations وَالْفَرُوعِ The person who knows the subsidiary judgments Someone who is an expert in knowledge. Upon this school, and then he interprets a hadith in accordance with this second school. So here is where the dispute starts. The dispute now with this is that the Salafi movement today, the modern Salafi movement, represented by the Mashaykh like Salih al-Awthaymeen, Abdul Aziz bin Baz, al-Sheikh Nasruddin al-Albani. This is the modern Salafi movement. The representatives of this school, they state that the Asha'ira negate the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by taking the second position. This is the claim that when the mutakallimeen, the theologians, take the second position, by taking up the second position, they have negated the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the claim. But I believe the clarity given on what the actual madhab of the Salaf is, is sufficient from Ibn Kathir and Al-Imam Al-Nawwi rahimahullah. If you check throughout the Sahih of Al-Imam Muslim, you'll find multiple citations from Al-Imam Al-Nawwi with regard to what the actual school of Salaf al-Salihun was. The claim that the Asha'ira negates the attributes is based upon a few foundational fallacies. One of the fallacies is, is that the Asha'ira only established seven attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is this true? The answer is no. The sifatul ma'ani, which are referred to as qualitative attributes, are mentioned in all the Ashari texts as seven attributes, 
and then you have sifat al-ma'nawiyah, the predicative attribute, or the attribute in action. You also have sifat al-salbiyah, the negating attributes, which are attributes. Like if we say, lam yalid wa lam yulad, it's a negation, but it's an attribute that Allah does not give birth, does not sire children, does not have progeny. It's still an attribute. In total, in the text, you find that they mention 20 attributes. The claim is that the Ashaira only established seven attributes and after this they negate all the sifat al-khabariya. Is this true? The answer is no. The, the Ashari position is that they say divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are endless. Why? Because al-kamalatul mutlaqa or al-kamalul mutlaq which is unrestricted perfection is for Allah. And someone who has unrestricted perfections has unrestrict, unrestricted divine attributes that are unrestricted. But when they mention 20 in the later texts, this is to say these attributes are what every Muslim should know. But they do not negate the other attributes as sifatul khabariya. So when the hadith states, or when the verse of the Quran states, they affirm the istawa of Allah. The fawqiyah of Allah, they affirm it, which is known as fawqiyah mutlaqa, unrestrictedly. Likewise, whatever has been related regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yanzilu, descends in the last third of the night, they affirm this. But then, like Al-Imam Al-Nawi mentioned that there were two schools. How, what the first school was affirming the wording, imraruha ala ghahiriya, meaning affirming the wording on the outward, on the outward wording, and not adopting a resemblance between Allah and His creation. This is the way of the Salaf. Not specifying a meaning. The later mutakallimin, they would specify a meaning at later times. The claim is that when they specify a meaning, they have negated the attribute. Is this true? The answer is no. Because we affirm a meaning, we affirm a meaning, but specific meaning we leave to Allah. That's the way of the salah. But when we specify a meaning, it's one of the probable meanings of the verse or probable means of the hadith. You do not say this with what absolute firmness. And this is why Ibn Qudam al-Maqdisi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he refuted those who do, who interpret as-sifat al-khabariyah with firmness, saying this is the absolute meaning. This is the negate. This is what some of the Hanabila were refuting. Those who interpret with absolute firmness, because you can never say absolutely what the meaning is. Even though there is a meaning, we understand a general meaning from this, but we negate what the al-ma'na al-zahir al-mutabadir ila adhani mushabihin, which is what the outward meaning which enters the mind of those who give a resemblance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his creation. So when you read these sifat al-khabariyah or you read all these ahadith we negate any resemblance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his creation the question then is why are they insistent that the asha'ira jahmiyah firstly jahm bin safwan was a person who resided in central asia and he passed away, he was killed by the governor in the time of the Banu Umayyah, toward the end of the Banu Umayyah, in around 128 to 129. Al-Imam Ibn Hajar al Asqalani mentions this in Fatwa al-Bari, how Ja'ad bin Dirham and Jahan bin Sufran, they innovated many aqwal into the deen, the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you check the beliefs of Jahan bin Safwan and you check the beliefs of the Asha'ira, there is no resemblance whatsoever. Firstly, 
Jahan bin Safwan, the Jahmiya, rejected all the divine attributes. Qawlan wahida. In one statement, they rejected any attributes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, he was so extreme that he said, you cannot even describe Allah as a shaykh, as a thing. Because shaykh is only applies to makhluk. Likewise, Jahan bin Safwan had other strange statements like denying hell the eternality of hellfire and the eternality of paradise now that is not an ashari position because the ashairah they do takfir of anyone who does this al-imam al-subki rahimallahu ta'ala has his famous uh, monograph al-durratul mudi'a fi radhi ala ibn taymiyyah which is a monograph on the refutation of ibn taymiyyah for negating for believing the hellfire would come to an end it's ascribed to him and even though Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, uh, uh, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he, uh, he, he mentions these statements in his work, Hadi al-Arwah, and other words, he gives the proof for this, these statements, even though he does not affirm this explicitly, but he does give proof for it without uh, refuting it. So, Jahan bin Safwan and Ja'ad bin Dirham, these early... Uh, not even Mu'tazila, they were a different sect altogether. They rejected all the attributes. They said you can, they did not ascribe the attribute of Al-Ilm, Al-Irada, Al-Hayatu, Al-Sam'u, Al-Basaru, all these attributes. Likewise, Allah being Al-Sami' Al-Basir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being Al-Hayy, all these divine attributes, they negated them all. The Asharis, when they affirm 20 attributes, they are not negating other attributes. They teach the people and instruct the people in these 20 attributes, but if the other attributes are mentioned as Sifat or Khabariya, they take initially the position of a Salafu Salihun, which is you pass the wording, you know that there is a meaning, but you do not specify the meaning and you pass it by as it is. Pass it by and the outward wording. But you do not make a resemblance of Allah with His creation. Likewise, negating tashbih, likeness, resemblance of Allah with His makhluk. But if someone comes and is slow-bitted, slow-minded, and they understand that Allah has a resemblance with His makhluk, then the ulama will specify a probable meaning. Like Istawa has eight probable meanings, we negate the ones that are impossible. Like Istiqrar, sitting. Julus, we do not ascribe Julus to Allah. Julus is, is not ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there are other meanings which are probable. So then this is what is referred to as Ta'weed. So the first, the position of the Salaf is Ta'weed leaving the specific meaning to Allah, even though we know there's a broader meaning, while negating any resemblance to makhluk, and the second position is referred to as da'wi. Now then, we come on to another issue, which is what Al-Imam al-Nawawi mentioned with regard to the mutakallimin, uh, that the mutakallimin took this later position. And he said some of the earlier mutakallimin, they took the position of the Salaf. And what's been related regarding Abu al-Ma'ali, Abdul Malik al-Juwaini, and Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, some people say they had a repent, they repented from Kalam. What is the reality of this? As well as the claim that was made that Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, rahimahullah, said that the Aqd, is superior to a naql which is transmission of the Quran and Sunnah or the claim that Al-Imam Al-Ghazali went through a period of doubt we will cover some of this firstly Al-Imam Al-Juwaini when it is said that he took the position of the Salaf it is referring to taking the position that Al-Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimullah related the, the position that he related that the Salaf would read the hadith, pass it by on the outward wording, and not make a resemblance of Allah with his makhluk. 
And this is the safest way. And this was the position of Imam al-Juwaini, Imam Abu Hamd al-Ghazali, in his later life, as we know he wrote a book, Ijam al-Awam. Now some of the Salafis today, they want to claim that these Imams repented from the Ash'ari school. If that's the case, then I adopt this position. Does that mean I have repented from the Ash'ari school? The answer is no. It's the safest way that you read the Hadith, you make no resemblance of Allah with his makhluk, and you stick to the wording of the Hadith, while not adding additions like Bidatihi, uh, adding on additions or wordings that are not actually found in the books of, or the statements of a salafu salihun. Additionally, there is a famous statement of Imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala. Now, Imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i is ahl, Imam Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah. They say regarding him that one of the Abbasi caliphs repented from the Mu'tazili school after he saw the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in a dream. This mentioned by Al-Barzanji in Al-Isha'a al-Ishraati Sa'a that one of the caliphs who was a Mu'tazili saw the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in a dream and the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was shouting out to a group of a huge crowd of people that a Shafi'i left you an abundant amount of knowledge, take from his knowledge. Meaning for us, Imam Shafi'i is the Imam of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, alongside with Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Imam Malik, Imam Al Awza'i, Imam Abu Hanifa, all these great scholars, the Salafu Salihun. What is ascribed to Imam Shafi'i? is regarding hukmi fi ahad al-kalam my judgment regarding the people of al-kalam which is what theology is that they be beaten and placed on the back of a donkey all these various aqwal ascribed to him so based on this people say that the kalam ilmul kalam of the ashaira of the ash'aris is an innovation a bid'ah in the religion and therefore the people should stay away from Qadam. Now what is the actual reality of this statement? With me, I have تَبْيِينُ كَذِبِ الْمُفْتَرِ فِيمَا نَسَبَ إِلَى الْإِمَامِ الْأَشْعَرِ This book is famous. This book is the book of Ibn Asakir, the Damascene historian and muhaddith, hadith scholar. This book has the statement of Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala and that statement regarding ascription of what of this statement regarding the ascription of condemnation of ilmul kalam what is the reality of these statements inshallah after salatul isha we will go into this into more detail regarding the reality of this statement of Ibn Asakir of uh, Imam Shafi'i rahimullah after Salatul Isha. But what the what the ulama they state, like Al Imam Al Bayhaqi rahimullah, Al Imam Al Bayhaqi rahimullah. States He states Inama Arad al Shafi'iyu that Al Imam Shafi'i Rahimullah Bihadal Bihada Kalama Hafsim wa Amfarihim in Ahli Bidai. That what Al Imam Shafi'i meant by this was the kalam of Hafs. Now Hafs was an innovator in his time. They referred to him as Hafs of Fard. And he's tied from the people of innovation. This is the intended meaning whenever he relates whatever has been related from him in condemnation of Al-Kalam and the people of Kalam. 
Except that some of the narrators, they made it look general. The statement is general. Some of them, however, specified it, what he meant. There is proof to show that this statement was said regarding specific individuals and specific bid'ah. Inshallah, after Salatul Isha, we will go through some, we will continue with this. And there will also be a questions and answers. You can stand up and ask, uh, ask as many questions as you want. Or at the same time, you can uh, write down your questions as well, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah, after Adhan. Condemnation of Kalam, in the, uh, the condemnation of theology, and condemnation of the people of Kalam. Except some of them said this without any restriction. That he said the people of Kalam are such and such. And some of them limited this statement, meaning they clarified the statement, what he meant. But those who limited the statement, the intended meaning is found in their statement. Now this can be found also in statements of those scholars who said to someone studying ulum al-hadith, you shall never be successful. For instance, he mentions a statement here, Sami'tu al-Muzaniya. Al-Muzani was one of the students of Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah. I would like to state that people should memorize the names of these great ummah. Today people know the names of football players, they know the names of famous people, but they do not know the names of a Salafu Salihun. We should know the names of a Salafu Salihun, who they are. So Al-Muzani rahimahullah was one of the great students of Imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i rahimahullah. He states, Sami'tu al-Shafi'iyya yaqul. He heard Al-Imam al-Shafi'i state, Marra bi Muslim ibn Khalidin. That Muslim bin Khalid passed by me. Wa ana anzuru fi kitabin. I was looking into a book. Faqala ma hadha ya Aba Abdillah. He said to me, what is this, O Abu Abdullah? I said, Qultu hadithun. Hadith. And he replied, Qala laysa tuflihu abadan. You shall never be successful. Now if someone quotes this statement and says, Muslim bin Khalid said anyone who studies hadith will never be successful. There, there is a context to this statement. What is the context? He gives the context. He says, Wa innama Arada Muslimun Muslim meant this ain't an Imam Muslim, this is another scholar of hadith. Anna Sahib al Hadith, if the student of hadith, if he heard hadith and he relates hadith, he doesn't know the hadith that abrogates from those which are abrogated. He doesn't even know the meanings of the hadith. Because he doesn't know anything about religion and understanding the hadith. Such a person will never be successful. Whatever he gives out and whatever shall come to him. So likewise when Al-Imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i rahmallahu ta'ala states that the Ahlul Kalam the people of Kalam, they are such and such. Imam al-Bayhaqi, rahimahullah ta'ala, states that this was regarding the Ahlul Bid'ah of Islam and not the Ahlul Sunnah. Further down, Ibn Asakir, rahimahullah, he gives the examples of As-Salafu Salihun that did involve themselves in Ilmul Kalam. They involve themselves in Ilm al-Kalam in the sense of Ahl sunnah wa jamaah Meaning, giving rational proofs in order to defend the meanings of the Qur'an and Qur'an Kareem and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, he states uh, regarding that فَقَامَ جَمَاعَةٌ A whole group of people مِنْ أَئِمَّتِنَا From our scholars رَحِمَّهُمُ اللَّهِ بِهَذَا الْعِلْمِ 
They stood up with this knowledge. What they did is they explained to those who were enabled for correct positions and given understanding that whatever has been related in the hadith that is sahih is valid in the minds also. So scholars of the Salaf Salihun defended Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the condemnation of Kalam was in reference to Ahlul Qadr and others. So for the entire discussion, so we don't elongate this gathering, I'll just give the reference and then the likes who, who are objective, who are sincere in this, I'm not just looking for uh, hype of any sort with, by giving sound bites in discussion. No, this is not about sound bites. The entire discussion you will find in Tabiinu Kathir al-Muftari of Ibn Asakir, which was a defense of Imam Abu Hassan al-Ashari in the chapter Tawjihu ma warada fi dhammi ilm al-kalam an al-a'immati al-alam the correct understanding, tawjih, giving the correct direction to what has been related in condemnation of ilmul kalam from the well-known ulama, from the well-known imams. The entire discussion is found in here. That what uh, Abdurrahman Hassan and Dawaman, what they do is they give the statements from the Salaf, from works like Zammul Kalam of Ismail al-Harawi, but they do not give the con contextual background to the condemnation. The contextual background you will find in this book, Tabiyyu Kadhibi Muftari, that it was a condemnation of Mu'tazila, Qadariya, Jahan bin Safwan, Ja'ad bin Dirham, and their likes, Ma'adrabuhum, all of these types of people. So, after this, uh, what else needed clarity was the claim that Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali, for instance, he fell into that. Now, anyone who has read Al-Munqid min al-Dhalal, how many of you have actually read Al-Munqid min al-Dhalal? The work of Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali. In English, it's known as the deliverance from error. Yes? In that book, he mentions a period that lasted a month or so where he fell into doubt. So what... Uh, the, some of the people like Abdurrahman Hassan, Spubs and others, what they do, Spubs is selfie publications, what they do is that they quote these type of passages in order to say that Abu Hamid al-Ghazali doubted his own belief. But when you go back to the book, as I mentioned, how many of you read the book, very few people have read it. The problem is that most people will never go back to the original. So, like, it's easy giving the quote from Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, but very few people will go back to Ibn Asakir's work and check what the context of these statements was. Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali says he went through a period of doubt, not regarding the belief in Allah, regarding his epistemology. There's a big difference. There's a point where his, the epistemology, the method of deriving certainty, is through the five senses and the aql. And he said he went through a period of doubt regarding the epistemology. He concluded that the Sufi method is the correct method. Of course, the authentic Sufi method, not what we see today. And then he went and wrote what? The revification of the religious sciences. The ulama, they say, Man laysa lahu ihya fala hiya lahu. Whoever doesn't have Ihya, meaning Ihya Ulum al-Din, he has no shame. And everyone should have this book. But the point is that the context of that quote is what? That he went through a period of doubt regarding his epistemology, which is no problem. He went through a period of investigation. But he never doubted Allah, because doubting Allah is kufr, disbelief. So what the Likes of Dawaman and Imran bin Mansur and Abdurrahman Hassan or Spubs, more specifically, Spubs is again self publication. Some people get mixed up with pubs and Spubs. <laughs> or you also have a Sunni Spubs. 
in Netherlands, so there's Sunni publications and there's Salafi publications. Uh, Sunni publications is Sunni, from Ash'ari, from Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. So uh, Spot and uh, Abdurrahman Hassan and the ill people who carried this message, they say, the Ash'aris, they say, first you must fall into doubt regarding your belief. You cannot be a believer until you have doubt. This is incorrect. And why is it incorrect? If they ever bothered, because I know from Abdurrahman Hassan, he only ever references secondary or tertiary sources. So in the debate between me and him, he was only ever utilizing secondary sources. He, he was so habitual in using secondary sources that he thought I was using secondary sources as well. So he said, you're using Mahmoud Mamdur's work, Raf al-Manar. I said to him, we do not even rely on Mahmoud Mamdur. He's a Shi'i. He's a, a Zaydi Shi'i, Rafi, Khabib. We don't take from the Shia. Any one of them, even from, whether they be Zaydi or whether they be Twelvers or any type of Shia, we do not take from them. So I do not rely on Raful Manar or these type of words. I was actually using primary sources as I brought to the debate, the actual books to reference. We have our own ulama who have discussed these things. So the, he was only utilizing secondary sources. Now in the debate he quoted this book, Ta'sisu <coughs> Taqdis, of whom Al-Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, now, <clears throat> quoting this book, he said that the Ash'aris give primary importance to the Aql over Naq. This is the claim. Second claim <coughs> is that the Ash'aris, they say first you must doubt your belief in order to be a believer. Is this correct? The answer is no. Firstly, I tried looking for this passage in Ta'sisu Taqdis today, very quickly. There is no such passage, and I doubt if any such passage will be found. Even though I found a passage from Al-Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi which refutes flatter theory, which I thought was interesting. He said in order to prove that Allah is not in a direction, he says the earth is round. That's regarding another topic. There's some people who believe in a flat earth. If you have aqul intellects that can believe in flat earth, then you have, will have aqul intellects that can believe in direction for Allah. But in this book, there is no claim that the foundation, I mean, the act overrides the Quran and the Sunnah. This is incorrect. What Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi and other Ash'ari, what they do state is that we come to the belief in God through our intellect. And there is no clash between the Quran and Sunnah and the act of the intellect. They do state this. And they say, awwalul wajibi al-nadru. They don't say, awwalul wajibi al-shakku. There's a difference. The first obligation is investigation. But they even dispute amongst themselves. They dispute this. So this is ikhtilaf al-faroo' amongst themselves. A subsidiary dispute. What is the first obligation? Some of them say correctly, ma'rifa of Allah. Knowing Allah. Now how do you know Allah? Some of them say with the intellect. But they say if someone knows Allah through the Quran and Sunnah is sufficient. This is very important to know. Because what the Salafi movement is attempting to do now is to say the Ash'aris, they believe in the first, the first obligation is to doubt Allah. This is incorrect. Or that many of the Ash'ari Imams doubted Allah. This is also incorrect. Or they say that the Ash'aris negate the attributes of Allah. As I covered previously, the Ash'ari affirm as-sifat al-khadariyya. They affirm that. And, they, and then they say, okay, when they affirm them, they do ta'wil. But ta'weed is not a negation. Ta'weed is an ijtihad of specifying a, a meaning from um, the possible meanings of the sifa, of the divine attribute. 
Another point to note is that sometimes amongst themselves, the, the Salafiyah, they dispute certain things which some will say is an attribute and others will say is not an attribute, like the jamb of Allah. What is jamb? What is jamb? Jamb is side. So the person will say on the Day of Judgment, what I have been short in what in the side of Allah. So the, some of them say jamb is an attribute. Others say it's not an attribute. It's, it's a, a phrase, a figure of speech. So, oh, for instance, Yawma Yukshafu An Saq, on the Day of Judgment, Yawma Yukshafu An Saq. Saq, some of them dispute the meaning of Saq. So, as Sifatul Khabariya in general, though, the Isha'ina affirm. Before finishing and opening up for questions and answers, water for it. So, I will cover. Three quotes. So Nabil has the quotes. Nabil, please give the quotes. This young man <coughs> found three quotes for me. He's a student here. Three quotes on lies that are ascribed to the Asha'ira. Examples of lies. So the first quote is where from? So he will give me the first quote. This is a work of Ibn Hazm, yes? So this work is Ad-Durrah Fima Yajibu A'tiqaduh And look at the ascription, they ascribe this to the Asharis. Faslun Wa anna Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rasulullahi ila al-yawm Wa ila abad al-abad Wa ruhuhu indallah azza wa jal Hayyun, alimu معظم وكذلك سائر النبيين ومن قال غير هذا فقد انسلخ عن إجماع أهل الإسلام. So correctly he says the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم is a prophet today and his ruh is with Allah سبحانه وتعالى. This is correct. But then further down he ascribes to the Ashari's. So where's the exact quote? So the quote is here, with here. So he ascribes to the Ash'aris that the Ash'aris deny this. That the Ash'aris say the Messenger of Allah is not a prophet today. When everyone here knows, anyone who says that is a kafir at the fold of Islam. So this ascription, to back this ascription, this is Ibn Hazm. Al-Fisal uh, Wal-Milal, this is a famous book. So look, Ibn Hazm now is reliable according to some people. For Ahl Sunnah, they may give a citation from it, but in Aqidah he's unreliable for us. But in his book, he has Arradu ala man za'ama anna al-anbiya'a alimu salam laysu anbiya'a al-yawma wala rusula al-yawma rusula. That reputation of those who claim the Prophet are not Anbiya today and neither are the messengers today messengers. So who is he referring to here? Ash'aris. So he says, Qala Abu Muhammad, so, Hadathat firqatun mubtadi'atun taz'umu anna Muhammad ibn Abdillahi bin Abdil Muttalib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Laysa huwa al-an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said a new group arose that said the Messenger of Allah is not the Messenger of Allah today. But he was the Messenger of Allah. Look what he said. This is a statement that the Ash'aris took. So then he gives a story claiming that one of the uh, Ash'aris that uh, is uh, who Ibn uh, Muhammad bin Al-Hassan bin Furaq al-Asfahani that he was killed for this, which is false. But the point is that even in the commentary, uh, not commentary, the tahqiq, they have negative comments regarding the Ash'aris. But every layperson, 
most people here are not tulab al-ilm. There are many tulab al-ilm sitting here, but even those who are not tulab al-ilm will know that this statement is kufr, and the Ash'aris do not believe in this. So this is an example of the type of propaganda done today in order, well, this is old from Ibn Hazm, who was unaware of even Jami'ah of Imam al-Tirmidhi. Why was he unaware of the Tirmidhi Sunan? Because he lived in Spain, Andalusia, and it never reached him. So incorrect reports reached him. I did that all he lied. So here, uh, again, Ibn Hazm, in his Al-Milad, this passage, on the same issue, he curses Ibn Furaq, ascribes this to Ibn Furaq, who was, if you remember in the debate, I said Ibn Furaq and he said Fawraq. And then I said to him this Lugatan because he was being pedantic in the debate. You can say Furaq and Fawraq. But Ibn Furaq, Rahimullah, was a Sunni Imam. But they ascribed this all to him. It's a false ascription. Now, if someone, a Dawa man, Imran bin Mansur or Abdurrahman Hassan, if they wanted to cause more fitna, tribulation, they would quote this Al Miller. Uh, this book of Ibn Hajj and say, look, the Asha'ira, they believe the Prophet today is not a Prophet. This is untrue. This is false description. So, so likewise, Al-Imam As-Subki refutes this view. But the point being that there are many ascriptions made to the Asha'ira and this happens within sectarianism, amongst all the tawa'if, amongst all the groups, that some of them will ascribe wrong things to the other group. So it's only objective that people give the correct citations and the correct position of the other people. I mean, today I could have done a maligning lecture where I maligned the Salafiyya, which is unscholarly and unobjective, where I can ascribe to them Many things which they may not even believe, but are found in some books. But today, the, the objective was to clarify those things from the Ash'ari part. Inshallah.